Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about commercial property investing and join our real estate family. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. In today's episode, we are continuing our conversation with Adapia Derrico. We are chatting about what are some of the best practices for fundraising. She has many, many, many years of experience. And we'll also touch a bit into intuition and how you should always follow your gut. Adapia is a principal and VP of strategy at Alpha Investing, a real estate private equity firm that offers multifamily, senior housing, and affordable housing opportunities to their network of private capital investors. Here we go. I would love to change gears a bit and chat about fundraising and a couple of other topics since you have so much experience on the fundraising side. Why don't we start with that? What are some of your best practices for raising funds? Uh, I would say that the the best practice is going to be to be a genuine person. I often use the word authentic, and even though that that can be a bit of a strange word, but what I really mean by authenticity is being genuine, being a real person. And a lot of that comes with humility. And for me personally, that that means being myself and not being, there's always this expectation that somebody should have all the answers and be an expert and uh, be able to make guarantees, which of course we know in, in any kind of investing is just not something you want to do. You can't make guarantees. And I think a, a real best practice is to take the time to get to know somebody and to be a real person when you're knowing them, not like a it wants to come out as like like an old 1980s style of like sales, you know. I don't know why it wants to come out as the 80s, but it does. Um, but just but just like this is who I am. This is this is my background. This is what we do. And in like a really specific scenario, for example, this was our worst deal. This is what mm-hmm. went wrong. This is what we learned from it because yeah, we get things wrong. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every project that we've invested in has like knocked it out of the park, including senior living. We've had a couple that aren't performing to pro forma, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, things like that. And like, well, why, like, why did that happen? What, you know, what's going on? Those are important things for investors to understand and to know, and especially having conversations with people. I mean, there's a lot to be said for automating the process, for letting people, um, basically almost be like without needing to, to talk to you. And you can do a lot of that for sure. But there is there is something to be said about taking some time to have phone calls with people. I mean, we always require an initial phone call to really understand who would like to work with us because we are referral and recommendation based. And, and so we're very highly selective, even with our investors. And that's important to us because having the right kind of investors allows us to bring better investments. And so building those relationships with those investors helps a lot because they need to know that they can ask me a question. Because if they can't ask me a question, then it means they don't, that that I can't help them earn trust, right? Like, right. and if they can't ask a question, they might not invest and they might miss out on an opportunity. So those are really important things, like just running people all the time through a, like a chat bot 
or Zendesk or something like that. I mean, while it is potentially more efficient, it's not as effective as just picking up the phone or, or, or spending some time um, giving bespoke answers, especially in real estate, especially on the mm-hmm. equity side, right? It's, there's complicated things to talk about and there's there's a lot of moving parts to, to be able to explain to somebody. So that's important for fundraising is really being holistic in your approach to an investor and being a real genuine person and being willing to speak about the things that went wrong and not trying to put on a facade of expert or perfection or we're the best or right. we're only like nobody's going to believe you. Exactly. No, that's a huge thing. Even, you know, in the tech world, when VCs are asking potentially startup questions, it's a known fact that if they have all the answers, they don't know. <laughs> so it's definitely an important thing to say and tell what the, the things that you do not know and you're going to get back to them. On. So thanks for highlighting that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is like when you run a firm that cares about its investors, our numbers on conversion and retention are unheard of. Like our repeat investment rate is 80%. That's and, awesome. you know, our conversions like 40 from leads right. that have come in from, from referral and, and recommendation. I mean, there's 50% open rate on our email, our monthly marketing email, you know, like our newsletter, like, no, like that's crazy. But, but because all of us from the four principles that are, that are there and, and like, we really, we try our best to, to make ourselves available and to be approachable. So approachable and available and authentic. Those are my three A's for uh, being a good capital raiser. I want to talk about being a woman as you are raising funds, because sometimes, you know, there is, uh, Mm -hmm. people do sometimes treat us differently and that's okay. And it's part of the game, but, um, how have you approached that? Do you experience it a lot? Not a lot? (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, I, in my life, in my career, I haven't really experienced a lot. I have experienced some because you're, you know, it, it's embedded in, right. in the, unfortunately, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of changes there, but, you know, inappropriate remarks that, you know, made us jokes. I think it comes from just people really not understanding. I haven't had any really big, severe problems in that sense. And I don't know if that stems from the fact that I just don't have never thought of myself as as different than a man right. in a certain way. You know, like I show up to work, I show up to what I do as, as myself. I don't even think about me as, as, as like a woman being different or less than a man. Like, I, I mean, it's embedded, but I have never adopted that as um, any part of my identity. And so I've never really had issues with that. And so I think when it comes to fundraising, I probably have a very different approach because I have a pretty good grasp of my soft skills and my wanting to relate and my willingness to relate. And, you know, that has to be matched with a good amount of, I would say, technical knowledge, which isn't my forte. And I'm going to be totally honest about that. It's not my forte. So I have like, I learn, I learn, I learn, I learn. And if I don't know how to answer something, then I will say, I don't know how to answer that right now, but I will get you the answer. You know, you balance the affability with 
some knowledge, of course. So that's really important. But let me see. I just like to relate to people. And I think that fundamentally, it's about trust and a transference of trust. So the trust in me transfers to my firm. And I think that's why I will always revert back to that being genuine and like being a real person. And maybe some people want to have a more technical conversation. And I've I've certainly had investors who they're very technical in their their approach. And usually what I'll do is, is I'll, I'll, I'll bring on um, one of my partners that, that has a far more detailed, uh, one of the original founders, I'll bring them on, Fark, our CEO. I mean, he's like a living legend, le- like <laughs> legend, that for sure, but also like, like a ledger of deals. Like, he, I mean, it's incredible. Like I can never do that. So that's really important. I don't think I've ever really been disrespected by an investor ever or even by, by gender. So I think I would just have to approach that in a really direct way if something came up and, and probably just have a conversation and say, I didn't appreciate that. Or um, maybe you didn't realize that that's how that came across or, you know, um, so luckily I haven't, I haven't had to, to do that. Let's chat about your book. And you literally just launched this book. And I'm also super curious about how you found a partner. So couple of questions in, in this question. Sure. Yeah. So thanks for asking. Yeah, my, my book is called Productive Intuition. And it's essentially everything that I've learned about basically integrating what amounts to a spiritual awakening over the past few years and integrating that into the life that I lead today. And like, as a high functioning executive, like as somebody with a mortgage, as somebody with a husband. I mean, sometimes I, I think that anyone who goes through a really challenging period that causes you to question fundamentally who you are, because that's what, you know, that's what it is. That's what an awakening is, where you're questioning everything about your life and your identity because something really fundamentally shifted inside. You could say COVID caused the world to wake up as well in certain ways, right? We questioned everything that was our life. And so for me, when I was going through it, it was very much related to my career and my identity that I held at the time. And I really learned through my own research and my own experiences, the principles that that landed me on this sense of inner authority and how powerful our intuition is and how much I was suppressing it. And and I think a lot of people do, and and they don't understand that they're using it and that it's like Mm -hmm. skill. It's a skill. It's a real thing. And it doesn't have to be this woo woo mystical thing. It's actually biological. It's built into our biology and we use it. I mean, I speak to so many people obviously in the real estate space, other investors and operators, and they will say they work with their gut all the time. And whether it's they, they get like a sense of, you know, like a good partner or a bad partner or a deal or a building. And that comes from a variety of things, right? It's maybe cognitive is experienced based. A really experienced person can uh, look at a situation or let's say they're looking at an opportunity, right? An investment. And because of their built in experience from years and years and years, they can have a flash yes or no, and they'll sense it and they know it. Um, and then there's other things about like having a gut feeling about people. Like there's a lot of moving parts to how it works, but the book really is about finding an anchoring to inner authority in a world that's really taught us 
to give our power away to someone or something outside of ourselves, some external authority, some institution, something outside of us, when in reality, we have all that power within to make a decision and to actually use all of our faculties, all of our senses, and very much our intuition to help us make better decisions. That's what the book is about. And um, I know a lot of people have been reading it and they're, you know, they can relate to it because it's not a spiritual book. I, I wrote it for people like me. I wrote it for people who still identify and want to be in the world. Like you don't have to go be a monk. You can like have your life. And even finding my partners at Alpha Investing was a function of when my whole life broke down, I had to get really, really super clear on who am I? What do I want? And I, and I just wanted great business partners. And I'll say it like this, I manifested them. And I have been in the most amazing partnership with them for the past three years. And I would say like that, that right there to me is proof positive that when we are really anchored into our values, our personal values, who I am, what I want, we know how to set boundaries. We know how to tell if somebody or something feels good or doesn't. We can make better decisions, and they are a prime example of that decision. Talking about manifesting a partner, how did you go about manifesting that? <laughs> so, so the, okay, <laughs> I laugh because it's going to sound like it's going to sound like the secret. Because what happened was, I was at this place in my life where nothing was working. I had left the the crowdfunding firm. I had been doing some consulting for a while, which was great. But then I, I kind of felt like I wanted to do something more creative. Like there was a part of me that was like, Adapia, you're a writer. You love to write. So I started a blog. I started a, a podcast at the time. And I thought maybe I can be a solopreneur. And I really wanted to also help women. I'm. We didn't talk about this, but um, I'm really, really passionate about sharing my experience with other women to help them. And so this was all happening around 2017 when Me Too, when the Me Too movement started. And I thought I got a this like really powerful, strong, independent, successful woman. I have been for years. I need to go and, and do something more. So I was doing like leadership workshops and things like that. But it wasn't really something about it wasn't working. And that was this, this awakening that, that was just asking me to stop because I was also very much burnt out from all those years, you know, doing all the crowdfunding stuff. And, and that was, that was like heavy work. That was venture backed. It was startup. It's, you know, you know, it's a lot and it, and it took its toll. And so I just found myself in this kind of like a rock bottom place where I couldn't make anything work. And I wasn't making money which was freaking me out because I had a mortgage, you know, like I, I'm like, this is not possible. I can't be doing this. And I had a moment where I basically got really angry at God or the universe. And I was just like, the, like, I'm not okay with this. And I was shaking my fist. I was so angry. And I was like, this is not okay. And I said out loud, and it came out of nowhere because I wasn't thinking it, but I said, I don't want to do this alone. All I want is good partners who want me for who I am, for what I can do. They want me to be me. They don't want me to be a silver bullet. They don't want me to run some fancy marketing campaigns, all the stuff that I knew didn't work and didn't align with me. And so I made this declaration, which surprised me mm -hmm. here. I thought I was supposed to be successful doing these other things that I was passionate about. And three days later, fart called. Now 
I knew FARC and, and Alpha for a couple of years because I was informally advising them. So it wasn't like a totally out of the blue. But what was out of the blue is that they called to ask if I would join as a partner. <laughs> and that's why I was laughing because it is like the secret. <laughs> and I, I better do some screaming today. <laughs> I'll do some complaining for sure. <laughs> in my life, I'm like, why do I always have to be brought down to my knees before I just ask for what I want? You know, oh, honestly, like that's how that yeah. happened. And it's hilarious and it's amazing. And it's what's important about it is that I had to get so clear on who I was and what I wanted and what I was willing to do and not do. So the alignment with Fark and Dan and, and Alpha was that they had the same ideas and thoughts around marketing and investor relations and capital raising that I did. Mm. And that was really important. And that's what allowed us to come together and say, okay, we can do this. And honestly, like it's been three years of incredible growth and we find ourselves today even with the pandemic, probably like a few years ahead of where we thought we would be. Our growth has been outrageous, but I don't feel burnt out and I'm not stressed out and I'm in such a good place. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Wow. What a great story. Is there anything else that you think that our audience should know that we haven't touched on today? Let's see. I would say and I kind of touched on it just now, is any amount of gratitude that you can bring into your life and everything that you do and a sense of optimism, even when we might be fed a lot of things that are saying that things are really bad, but to stay centered in your joy, in your gratitude for what you do have. And that joy um, is like a magnet there's principles. I put a lot of science in the book around this, but the electromagnetism of the body and the heart. Sure. But if you can center in that place, you can you can manifest little miracles in your life and even big ones. And so that would be the last thing that I would leave people with. It's it's on the soft skill side of things, but you know, I say it because I'm still here in a private equity firm as a partner doing what I do and I love it and I'm using all my soft skills every day and I'm seeing a lot more people, men and women that are really owning that side of themselves. And they're being way more successful than they ever were when they were maybe just grounded in left linear brain kind of analytics and, and so-called expertise and so-called hierarchical authority. So we have an opportunity now in this changed world to be that person that, that we know we are and we actually want to be inside. Yeah, and it is proven over and over again with meditation that it does change the energy around our bodies. So mm -hmm. it's not like woo-woo, it's actual reality that it can is. transform our lives. It is. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if somebody wants to reach out, let me know that you heard me on, on Stephanie's show. Um, you can DM me. I'm easy to find because of my name. So <laughs> you can just type in Adapia and, and I'll pretty much pop up on, on any platform. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. And then if you're interested in my book, you can go to ProductiveIntuition.com to learn more about it. And it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, kind of everywhere. But would love to hear from anyone and always welcome inquiries and connection requests. 
Thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our super straightforward newsletter at montecarlorei.com on top of the page. And if you are learning from this podcast, I would greatly appreciate a review. I would love to hear from you guys what topics you might be interested in hearing and learning from next. And I will see you next time.